What is up? This is John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. If you're looking for a show that gives you complete athletic development and cuts through all of the nonsense and social media garbage that's out there, then we are the show for you. We want to welcome you today to episode three. Episode three. It's already the third one, so we're uh, we're rolling. Um, we appreciate having you guys uh, having you guys on. Um, we've got a pretty uh, pretty sweet show planned for you today. Um, so, like I said, man, this show is about complete athletic development. Um, this is about giving you, the coach, the athlete, or the parent, the tools to win and uh, to win at the highest level. So, um, myself, um, our producer, my wife Mandy, and our co-host Chris, we have sixty plus years of combined experience in this field, um, and so each week we're committed to bringing you guys the best information um, and real hands-on experience in the trenches experience of, you know, how to get better as an athlete, both, you know, from strength, speed to, you know, the rehab to all of the elements of athletic development. And that's what we're all about here. So um, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to say uh, welcome to the show, Chris and Mandy. And uh, yeah, Mandy, why don't you tell us what, uh, what today's all about? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, welcome back to everybody that is uh, listening. Um, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that they can continue to send questions to both Chris and John at info at elitelevelperformance.com. We've gotten some really good questions, so I'm excited to put together some of our future um, podcasts with some of those. Uh, some, of our, some of our listeners are getting really creative. I think they're going to challenge oh, you guys, so okay. that should be fun. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> so today's episode, <laughs> oh, it's a good one. Um, this one's been in the works for a little while, uh, so... Um, John and Chris are going to go over the two reasons you are not getting faster and what you can do about it. So reason one, um, we taught, we're going to go over a concept called pretensing a muscle and we're going to let Chris talk about that. And the second would be a possibility of a lack of absolute strength. So I think John is going to dive into that one for us. Um, and then we'll try to wrap it up with you with some practical application that can help you, um, apply a lot of these concepts that they're going to go over and hopefully make you faster. Uh, so that, uh, let's get started. Uh, Chris, we can start with you. So that first reason why somebody might not be getting faster, where we talked about the pretensing. Um, first of all, maybe explain what that is. And then the speed uh, guru, Chris Scarborough, the speed guru, right. ladies and, and gentlemen. That, yeah. Well, yeah. Pretensing it, it just, it's really a concept of, of, of isometric muscle contraction. So it's still strength, right? It's still strength. It's just before your foot ever hits the ground, for example, the muscles around the ankle are already tightened up, right? So you have, you know, some of the muscles in the gastroc, the psoas, you got all the, the anterior tibialis and, you know, the, the tibialis posterior. I mean, you can look up an anatomy book, okay? You got all these muscles that are tensing up before the foot strikes the ground. When it does that, the the ankle moves very little. Okay, it does move some, but it moves very little. And the energy, instead of going through the muscle, which may be very strong, but it's very slow, instead it go the energy goes through the tendon, which is very fast and very springy. So You'll, if you, one of the things you'll notice is the fastest people are not necessarily the strongest in the weight room. Now, chances are they're pretty strong, but they, they don't necessarily have to be able to squat 600 pounds to run fast. 
um, they need to have good strength prior to their foot hitting the ground, at least in the ankle. So does that does that make sense? Okay, so you're so the, so the pretensing you know concept, you know you you're applying it more to like the drop in phase or you know what I would call the drop in phase or you know right before ground contact or coming into ground contact. Is that what you're referring to with yes, it? Correct. And of course, you know, not the ankle is, is, is the primary area that's, this really, you know, what we would call stiff. Okay. It's it, that's the part where you want most of that spring to come from. Um, you know, the, the knee, you know, you could say st- stays relatively stiff, but you know, not, not really. I mean, it, it Everything moves, okay? The joints move, the hip, the, the knee, the ankle. They all move. But especially at the ankle joint, yes, the, the muscles are tensed up. They're tightened up. They're already halt, they're locking that joint in tight and right before that foot hits the ground. Because, again, you want to create a spring effect. You don't want to create a muscle effect. And so, yeah, go ahead, Mandy. What are you saying? I was going to say, how would you assess somebody or if you were working with somebody to know whether or not they were doing that accurately or correctly or at the, in the proper time? Well, I mean, if you if you've ever watched anybody jump rope, <laughs> you can usually see it pretty quickly. I mean, or, or they don't even have to okay. have a rope, right? They wouldn't even have to have a rope. But if you see them, you know, just kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. Every time that they they get up off the ground, their toes are pointing down toward the floor. You know, their toes are way below their ankle and all that sort of thing. Yeah, chances are they're probably a push. They're they're over pushing. They're overusing the strength. They're trying to rely on the strength of the ankle instead of the, the speed or the elasticity of the ankle. So that's probably the, you know, the most common uh, you know, assessment tool. Now, keep in mind, when you run, it's not a, you, know, you don't run on both feet at the same time. You don't jump down the track or jump down the football field or jump down the base path. You know, you're going to be doing one ankle at a time, but that's a beginning-level assessment. You know, if someone can't double uh, ankle balance, they're cer- certainly not going to do it on one leg. So – you know, that's, that's a, right. a beginner assessment. So, you know, if we, if we have a, you know, a young athlete listening to this or, or a dad or, or coach, you know, who's listening to this and it's like, okay, you know, I've got, I've got this athlete who, you know, squats or deadlifts or whatever. I mean, they're strong, they're kind of quick, you know, there's something there, but they're just, they're stalled out. Like, you know, they can't seem to make that next step, you know, whether that's, I know you work with a lot of track guys. I mean, we work with a lot of uh, baseball guys. So really the, you know, the sixties kind of the, the big one with us. And, you know, I mean, you, you get like, okay, I got to break a sub seven or, you know, got to run, you know, six, eight or, or whatever, but they, they do the speed work. They do, you know, they do the strength training, but there's just something not there. So like tell, tell the coaches and the parents a little bit, like how, how that happens. So, you know, if they start relying on the muscular component more so than the elastic component, you know, how do they get to that point? And and I guess you you brought up the jump rope thing already, but I guess what are other elements that they can, they can look at to say, okay, Hey, this is really one of the weaknesses that I have for sure. And I have to develop this. Does that make sense? It does. At all? Yeah. I I think the best thing to do is see if they can coordinate. So yes. I mean, when I say you don't want to, you want to rely on the springiness over the strength. That's again, we were we we're, you know, kind of referring to the ankle. So, even if someone, let's say they they're good at doing that jump rope drill or, or what I call a double foot ankle pop, they might do that 
and look fantastic with doing it. But they may not coordinate their hip. When their hip is flexing, they may not be able to hold that foot in a neutral position, for example. So Okay, so dig into the coordination side correct, of it then, yeah. Correct. Yeah, you might see someone, they look great on a jump rope or, or great on a double foot ankle pop. And then you watch them try to take off, off out of, say, a, you know, blocks, starting blocks, <laughs> the podcast, right? Or, you know, say. Ah, nice. Good plug, man. <laughs> nice little punch. Yay. Or, um, yeah. or, you know, if they're getting ready to steal a base or whatever the case may be. I mean, one of the first things you see is that them over pushing, over pushing off that back ankle. Uh, very, very common problem. In which case, you just have to learn. Over, like over pushing as far as what? Like, what do you mean? Like, are they going into like too much plantar flexion? Like pointing the toe down? Like, what? What are you seeing? Yes, yes, you see a lot of plant, uh, over plantar flexion. Uh, you see this. Okay, so if you're watching, so you're literally guys who are watching, like you're pushing, you're pushing more like this. Is that right, Chris? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Okay. Even yeah. the so almost like you're doing a calf raise, almost. But anyway. right, exactly. what? Exactly, like a horizontal, more of a horizontal calf raise. Exactly, and you really don't. Yeah, want yeah. There you go. Even the start, whether again, once again, whether it be out of blocks or whether it be a uh, um, a base stealing position or whether it be you know football trying to you know run a forty, run a sixty, whatever. You still don't want to over push. That leaves that leg. If that if you over push off one leg, that leg is behind your body too long. Okay, it's behind their body too long, and it has to play catch up the whole way. So you, yeah, in, in order to get to where you run your fastest, you have to get the legs in front of your body so they can then drive down. If they spin too long behind you, uh, that's that's where a lot of people lose speed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. How? Okay, so how does how does the ankle mobility, you know, component play play into this? Because you know, you you hear a lot about shin angles, right? Especially at the start. And so, how does that play into this role of you know getting away from the muscular, you know, pushing off and staying a little bit more into that, you know, pretensing that elastic component? Like, how, how does how does ankle range of motion play a role in that? Well, I mean. Of course, when I say ankle stiffness, that does not mean for a second that you don't want to have good ankle mobility. You do, but when right, right, I know that, but I, I don't. I, I want to make sure. I make sure our audience knows that. I think right. probably when some of them are like ankle stiffness, I thought you said, "Hey, my ankles suck and they need to get better." Like, <laughs> right, right, yeah, you want to have good ankle mobility, okay? So, so I want to, yeah, want to be very careful. That's that's a very good question. You want to be able to hold the ankle stiff on command. So in other words, my foot strikes the ground. I don't want it to be moving unless I'm trying to adapt. Like my foot hits a rock or something like that. Yeah, I want to be able to roll with it a little bit. But I don't. If if I'm just running down the field, I don't want to be. I don't want that ankle to just give because it's not strong enough. Okay, again, we are still talking strength. The muscle, ha the muscles around the ankle have to be strong to hold still, because the forces of running are going to want that ankle to move. They're going to want that. They're going to try to make that ankle move. If the stiffer you can hold it, and the more you can use the the elasticity of that ten of those tendons, the 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 quicker you're going to run. The more springy you're going to be. So yes, you want to have good ankle mobility. You want to be able to move it. But when it's striking the ground, you don't want it to be moving too much. Then you're going to over muscle it. Mm -hmm. You're going to over muscle the movement of running. The movement. Of running. What is too much? Correct. Yep. What is too much? Say again. 
what what is too much? You, like you said, you don't want the ankle moving too much. So what is too much? Uh, well, I, I'm not going to sit there and put a, any kind of measuring device on it. But if you see someone, their their foot strikes the ground, their heel begins to drop noticeably. Like you know, their their shin is forward and their heel is still dropping down toward the ground. Then number one, yeah, the chances are they're going to get an Achilles injury, which is something I know a lot about. And then secondly, they're probably going to be slow because, again, it takes time for that heel to drop down toward the ground and then come back up. Uh, and once again, the more you see that, the more slack you see in, in, a, in a joint in the case of running, the more likely that person is muscling the movement and not springing out of the movement. Okay. So, like, we're talking about the mobility side of it. As well, you know, and how much is too much, like just the five inch ankle test. Like I, I personally have always used that just as a general gauge of what, you know, a client or an athlete's, you know, ankle mobility looks like. I I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Does that play a role in this at all? Uh, Well, describe the five inch ankle test to me. I'm I'm not. So, so the. So the five inch ankle test is basically just, you know, you're in the knee, you're kneeling, you know, half kneeling position and you line your toes up to the five inch mark. It's so like you put, you put a yardstick or ruler or whatever up against the wall, you kneel down, you put your, uh, you know, put your toes up to the five inch mark. And then you basically just try to go, try to get your knee to the wall without your heel coming off the ground. And then, you know, and also without any other compensation. So, you know, any other like rotation of the hip. And so you, can you get the knee to the wall? Um, and I've always used that as kind of just a good gauge of, of ankle mobility. Yeah, um, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that, how that plays a role into this whole ankle stiffness and everything. And if you don't like that test, what what do you, you know, what do you do with an athlete's ankles? Well, I mean, you know, keep in mind, I mean, there's there's standards for range of motion everywhere. I mean, you can find them in almost any therapy reference book. There's oh yeah, for sure. Goniometer, which measures joint angles, you know, and just see if they get super close mm-hmm. on, you know, on the various motions. You know, can they invert, evert? Okay, these are all just ankle ranges of motion. Uh, can they, you know? Can they uh, um, dorsiflex, plantar flex, do all those types of things? You could do what you're talking about, John. Those are all fine. Just keep in mind, you're not going to be, when you're trying to run fast, now keep in mind, our goal is, and, and the question is referring to running fast. I don't want to be testing range right. of motion if my goal is for that athlete to run as fast as they can. I, do, I don't want to be getting to those extreme ranges of motion. I don't want to need them. I want that ankle to hold fairly mm. stiff. Okay. That makes okay. Sense. I want I want their ankles to be fairly stiff. Okay. Oh yeah, well, my wheels are turning yep. now because I know there's going to be a few people that hear that statement, and uh, yeah, we may start a little bit of a battle here yeah. cool. um, with some with some folks. But I, I I know where you're headed for that. We're going to save that thought for another show yeah. because that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> um, but I know where you're headed. Um, all right, what? Oh yeah, man. Let's go. Let's go. Um, what? Okay. So, you know, on that, all right. So we got to develop the elastic, you know, property of it. You thought, yeah, it's, it's strength. Yes. We got that stiffness. Okay. All right. How do, how does, how does dad, how does high school coach, how does, you know, college kid who's listening to this right now, you know, how, how can, how can we start to kind of work on some of that, you know, low level stuff? Like at a low level, sorry, not, not that it's low level stuff. How can, they, <laughs> how can they begin to work on it? Is what I'm trying to say. All right, so first things first. Um, I would start with, um, well, first of all, I sent you videos, and those videos, which, by the way, I'm going to refer people to the videos that I sent you, John, to put up on the, I believe it's the Yelp. Okay. YouTube. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll have them. Uh, I'll have them up on the ELP um, YouTube page um, here uh, here soon, right right near the release of, of this podcast. But um, I haven't even I haven't watched them yet either. So like I'm I'm you're you're teaching me as well. So I know I think there are three or four videos. Like what what are the videos over and like kind of what's the progression well, here? It goes from a simple ankle bounce where the toes don't even leave the ground. You just kind of bounce and um, you know as Dan Victor would say, you're kind of generating that piezoelectric effect. Uh, trying to build some bone density through the heels and various things like that. It's a very simple little drill. Um, the second one is where you actually pick the foot up and you you don't actually um, you're what you always have one foot on the ground at, at, at all times. Just basically doing like a one foot little ankle bounce. Uh, then the next thing is a two foot ankle bounce, a double foot ankle pop, if you will, jumping rope, if you want to call it, without the rope. Then we go into uh, what's called a power skip, where you begin to coordinate, flexing the hip with the uh, the spring of the ankle. So, once again, these are all laid out in a sequence. When you see the sequence in the videos I laid out, which of course, if they're if they are a poor quality, please let me know and I'll get a better quality video up. But it just goes from a, a much, from a simple approach of just one ankle at a time, just just feet not even leaving the ground, all the way up to uh, a very uh, coordinated skipping pattern, which uh, which a lot of kids cannot even do. Um, you know, I think we even had some of your kids try it when we were there uh, last year, John. And it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's it's pretty cool to see. Some, you know, some kids just seem to pick it up, and it's like, you know, it's like, whoa, cool, I got it. You know, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's what you know, a good okay. little progression there. Okay. Um sets reps like what what do they look at how, i mean how do you how do you implement something like this so like if you we have a college kid listening to this right now and they've already got a strength and conditioning program at school but you know they feel like there's something you know they, they can add this to their program how, how do they add this in without you know messing up what they're doing at school oh i mean on the drills that you'll see oh they could do two to five hundred of them i mean I, i'm not oh really think how many times how many times how many foot contacts you have when you're jumping rope I mean, it's, it's, it's a bunch. I mean, it's, it's a whole bunch. No, that's a good point. Two to 500. Oh, yeah. Two, I want to say two, 200 to 500 reps. Um, a lot. It's the, I mean, we'll, we would probably do as a warm-up, we would do 100 reps. I mean, so that's that's of the more coordinated version. Uh, and so it oh my gosh you're not you're not worried about volume management chris uh, oh no that's not too much volume for your calves well you know if i'm jumping <laughs> off, a, off of a 30 inch box maybe but yeah no it's uh no yeah hopefully hopefully most of the people listening to this can handle 200 reps of uh, rope jumping or something that's that level of plyometric i think they would be fine for sure Okay. Is this something you would do every day? Do you layer it in just on the days that you're specifically training speed agility? Where how how often how often a week would you do, oh, want to do this to see results? As, as often as you want. I mean, I would do it. You know, okay. Three to seven days a week. I mean, it's not. Um, All right. I mean, think about it. It's like I, th- I think we get get so messed up when it comes to like you know, as John was saying, volume me- management. How, do you have to recover from walking? You know, I don't think so. I mean, th- we're talking about drills. Some people do these days, but I know where you're headed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think when when uh, someone you know, we we think of you got to recover. 
you might have to recover from some from really intense work. This is this is a lot. yeah. I don't know where this whole volume management and stuff like where this obsession with that began, what? but I, I I hear you. Like I hear the same thing all the time. You know, oh, it's too many sets, or you know, or dad calls me like, oh, you know, we're gonna tone it down a little bit, right? It's like, no, like you, your body can handle this. Like, geez, we're not made of glass, although some pictures are. Um, oh, no, you know no, who you are. The baseball pitchers specifically, yes, they are they're yeah. all made of glass. So, yes. Yeah, that, no, you don't have to warm up before you go walk. No. Yeah. So it, hopefully that answers your question. No, it, it does not have to. Be, I would not. I would not worry about your volume on these. You know, for for concern over, is it going to affect my workout? Is it going to affect you know, uh, you know, I got to go, you know, ride my bike over to my buddy's house. You know, later on, to, you know, it's not going to affect those things. It's just not. So, like I said, you're going to do it off of, off of a uh, two foot uh, bleacher, maybe. But, you know, we're, we're talking about low-intensity stuff. All right, yeah. John. Tell us how bringing the strength component to all of this. All right. So the strength component, absolute strength, um, that's kind of my, 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 uh, my, my realm a little bit more. I mean, it all – I think – when you're talking, if you're a parent or your coach listening to this, I think it's important that, you know, when you walk away from this conversation, you understand that, like, this is not, this conversation is just not the end all be all for all of it. There are obviously a lot of other factors that play a role into how fast, you know, you're able to run, right? What your speed is. But these are two definite, like, indicators of, of areas where you can really start to dig in, you know, start to kind of break things down. And so, you know, the area of absolute strength is, you know, I, I think, oftentimes a misunderstood and a, you know, overlooked component to speed. You know, Louis Simmons would talk about all the time that, you know, absolute strength is the king of, of all of it. Without absolute strength, you, you don't have any of the other special strengths. I mean, you do, but maybe they operate at a very low level. But, um, you know, there's, there's a couple different ways to develop maximum strength, okay? Now, I think most of the time when people think about max strength, they're going to think about, you know, bench squat or deadlift. Um, you know, those are usually the classic lifts. I think, you know, a lot of people put clean and jerk or power clean into that conversation, but we don't, we don't teach the Olympic, I don't teach Olympic lifts. Uh, I, it's a waste of time. Um, in, in my opinion, it doesn't translate. Uh, the literature shows that Louis Simmons proved it over and over and over again. The bar speed's not fast enough to translate into actual speed. It doesn't develop explosiveness. And don't even get me started on the triple extension conversation. Uh, I'm not even, I mean, Chris, if you want to go there, I, but I'm not even going to go there because it's just it's a bunch of it's a bunch of BS. But, anyways, the, the point of the conversation is is to build absolute strength. All right, we we have that has to really and truly occur within like a one to three rep, you know, range. All right, but what exercise and how you do this is really important. So let's you know, let's, don't worry about the bench press. Let's talk about you know squatting or deadlifting, for example. All right, like. I am not a big squat guy. That is not 
one of the moves that I teach. I, I, I will teach our guys and, and girls. So and girls, if you're listening to this, I, I say, guys, you know, you're included in that. Okay. So don't, don't get all mad at me. You know, I'm including you. All right. But like we teach, I do teach the box squat and I teach the box squat because I think coaches still think the squat is important. Um, you know, but basically I, I go to the box squat because it's going to engage the hips a whole lot more. All right. And then you're also, going to help them build up that back squat a little bit too. So we're kind of knocking, you know, killing two birds with one stone, but the back squat basically wants the shins and upper back break parallel. It kind of becomes more of a lower back exercise. And like, I, I don't think the lower back is all that important in sprinting. I mean, I know it plays a role in extension a little bit, but you know, I, I don't think it's going to be our primary focus. So my preference when it comes to develop absolute strength is really, really the sumo deadlift. Um, I like sumo deadlifting, and then I like to develop absolute strength from an isometric standpoint as well, from a time-based standpoint. Um, so you you have a couple of different ways to like develop strength, and and I think I think where it, you have to where the kids work, and if an athlete, if you're a high school kid, or you're a dad, or you're coaching, you're listening to this right now. I think on my end of the strength side, of what I'm talking about, the the takeaway from this is you have to get away from the bodybuilding style of training. The, the repetition method is what bodybuilding is. Okay. And the repetition method is not going to help you get faster. It it doesn't work that way. Like you want to, yeah, kids want to come in and gain weight and okay, that's fine. But increasing hypertrophy or increasing the size of a muscle is not, is not what you need to run faster. You know, we can argue about, you know, whether size equals strength or not. But increasing like the, the, you know, the size of the muscles, like increasing the size of an engine, but just because you, just because the engine is bigger doesn't mean the horsepower is actually going to be there. Like you're literally just adding unnecessary weight to the body. So like avoiding this type of like sarcoplasmic hypertrophy type training where you're just, you're building up this non-contractile element in the tissue and just swelling it up. It, 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 that is not going to help you. So how do we get stronger? if we're not going to be bodybuilding and all that. So at a younger age, like, yeah, I think you need to do some reps and develop some of that, you know, relative strength. So your basic push-ups and squats and all that, I mean, and you'll see kids get faster, but once you start to get more advanced, you know, moving into more of like the max effort method, say with a sumo deadlift. Okay. Where there actually is going to be some musculature carryover, all right. To the, to sprinting, but you're teaching these type two B fibers, just how to boom, like turn on. Right. Turn on, boom, and turn on quick. And absolute strength is typically going to occur between zero and ten seconds, anyways. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of lost my, I kind of lost my train of thought on where I was headed with that. But staying within that roughly one to three rep max range to develop the absolute strength qualities lays the foundation to be able to develop the other qualities of speed, strength, strength, speed. You know, also mean speed. So anything less than you know twenty percent, basically, I think is what it's on the force velocity curve. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's really a good way to start. But the other side of it is isometrics. So, you know, if you don't have the access to you know be able to pull, or you have a kid who maybe he can't he can't pull because you know whatever doc, doctor said he can't do that or his back is bugging him or just simply doesn't have the mobility or technique. I mean, my God, you see, I mean, kids are de-evolving rapidly. Uh, I mean. You know, they're, they're, I mean, I have, I have college and pro guys that come in here and never even have no idea how to even set up a barbell, um, which, you know, they made it to college and pro. So I don't know, but you know, 
meet them where they are. And so isometrics are another good way to, to do it. You know, whether it's like you're training an ISO lunge in a max, you know, strength type of setting. So we're recruiting the right muscle fibers in the set amount of time. And then the, the fatigue is going to recruit even more motor units. And we're not laying the foundation for that, you know, that sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So we're not just building unnecessary size. Um, does, that, does that make any sense at all? Or did I just totally lose everybody? on that? No, that's good. Okay, so no, that uh, makes sense. Let me ask you a question to kind of follow up on that real quick. <clears throat> so, Shoot. what about high velocity? Uh, for example, you know, you're—I know you—you you guys have an impulse. Um, mm-hmm. You uh, ball drops. Um, you know, rebound type exercises for high reps. What about mm-hmm. something like that, as opposed to the pure repetition method, like you're referring to? Like in regards to what, to, to help develop speed development. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's honestly what we do on our speed days, you know? So, you know, on our speed days, yeah. I mean, I still may program something like the dynamic effort method, you know, in there, because I I just, I do still believe in that. Um, I I think there's, there's a lot to support that, but yeah, I mean, learning how to turn the muscle on and off, you know, submaximal weight, maximum velocity. Yeah, but like I said, you're you're going for quality of movement and speed, not you're not going for the pump, right? right. Yeah, and I, and I think I guess that, I think that's kind of the point I'm trying to trying to push there is like we're not going for the pump. The pump is not really what you need. You're you're developing the wrong type of strength, right? All right. So Chris gave us some good. You know, he has that progression of being super low. You know, level one work into your you know into the ankle pops and into the skips what would you, for a practical application, what, what are these kids looking for in strength programs to know that they're getting, you know, to start off building the type of strength you're referring to in order to increase their speed? Mm-hmm. So if you want to do it from the, like the lifting side of stuff, I would say stick with the deadlift. If you're going to pick a lift and you want to, and you want to get strong, pick with, you know, stick with the deadlift. You know, don't worry about the squad. Don't even worry about the back squad. Just, you know, work on the deadlift. And like I said, you're not, you know, you're not going to be, you're not trained to be a power lifter. So keep that in mind. You know, um, technique is important because it is a skill. Lifting is still a skill. All right. So it is a skill and treat it as such. So make sure you have the prerequisites to be able to do that. All right. And, you know, if you're a dad or a coach and you, you don't quite know what those are, then we can definitely send us a question on that. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into that. Okay. But I'm, so I'm answering this, like you have an understanding of how to sumo pull, for example. All right. Um, and I, what was, I don't even know what your original question was the, with the practical well, application us, of it. Well, yeah, well, Chris gave us a, just some basic progressions on how to work on that ankle stiffness and, and mm-hmm. utilizing that elastic strength. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the strength component, things to include in a lifting program. Okay. Okay. So like, so a way to develop absolute, like a way to develop absolute strength. Okay. So if you're not skilled and you're not ready for a one to three rep max, right. You're just, you're not ready for something like that. That, that takes a lot of strength and and technique and someone who's knowledgeable about what they're doing. So other ways you could do it, man, I think just a general four by five is an easy way to do that. I mean, that's simple. It's basic. It's been around forever, right? Don't worry about volume management all that. You're going to be fine. You know, because you're pushing a little bit past that absolute threshold, but you're, you're going to get enough. Okay. Don't worry about auto regulation and all that fancy stuff right now. Just get started. 
Um, you know, you could start, you know, on a, on a hex bar, trap bar, and then move your way into sumo if you're not ready for sumo. That's an easy progression there. As far as from the isometric standpoint, so like we will do max effort lunge holds, iso lunge holds all the time. And, you know, we're, we're setting up the episode here, you know, because uh, we've been known for doing isos for a long time. And a lot of people have asked us about it and, you know, and they want to know the secrets behind it and how it all works. And we will get into all that, I promise. Okay. That so that's is coming. One of the questions that we have gotten. I, I, I'm sure it is. And, and honestly, there's, and you know what I'm going to tell everybody? Like, do, do your research. The research is out there. Like, exactly. do the research. Don't just wait on us to tell you, but we will. Like, Chris and I have been doing that a long time, but like, understand the time in which absolute strength and speed occurs. Okay. Understand the time and program accordingly. So, zero to 10 seconds might be a really good place to start right? Can you do an ISO lunge? Can you do it properly? Can you hold max weight for up to what, Chris? I mean, 10 seconds, maybe, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What, what What do you say? Yeah. Zero to yeah. Is, 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 you know, nine to 10 seconds would certainly be the upper limit of that. So. Right. For max. Right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Cause it, cause if you're running a nine second, 40 yard dash, you're probably sitting over here in the chair next to right. me. Um, you're probably not on the field. Right. Correct. Um, you know, Start yeah so dads you know start with the lunge and, and if a kid isn't ready to do that then you know what let's let's just get baseline position have the kid hold just like three sets of thirty seconds you know just to learn how to recruit those motor units because you know that that's a whole other ball game of what all that means but like yes a younger kid has to learn how to be able to recruit some motor units and, and you know before they can get into that max strength so you have to be smart about it. Like I, I remember I had a dad tell me one time a kid, his daughter or son, I can't remember was coming off an ACL injury and was like having, having them squat like 250 pounds at like sophomore year of high school, like fresh off an ACL injury. And it's like, I don't, how, how, why would you do that? Like, Oh, well, we got to get strong. It's like, no, no, don't that, use common sense. People like it's not complicated. So I, you know, that, that's kind of where, I, where I'm headed with it. And you don't get me all fired up on it now. <laughs> but I guess it's kind of the point. Y'all like to push my buttons anyway, so. <laughs> oh, we're just opening the door for even more but, questions. But look, so. four, four by five, if you if you want something basic, max effort method, if you want something more complicated, if you want to get into the isometric side, which is a great thing, start with up to, you know, 10 seconds. If you're not ready for that, three by 30 is probably a good, a good place to start to develop some of that absolute strength. You'll notice that as you get a little stronger in those and you start to be able to recruit more motor units, that's going to help translate over. And it's about the recruitment of motor units and not the weight. That's a, that's a whole other episode as well. Recruitment of motor units, not the weight. Remember that. So don't be so concerned about going after your max all the time. Right. All right. That's all. Great information, I think. So we're probably going to look to wrap this up. But um, I actually have kind of a surprise question for John. We're going into the weekend now. So as we're recording this podcast, so it'll be post weekend by the time y'all are listening to this. So okay. John, you think those Giants are going to pull out another win like they did in uh, in Tennessee? You know, they're playing the Panthers this weekend. I want I want your prediction on uh, are the Giants going to pull out? Are they going to start two and zero? Oh man. <laughs> Ooh. Uh I don't know. I was I was pretty fired up to see the see the uh the the change and the change in culture at the Titans game. Um it was pretty awesome. So, you know what? I I, I do. I, I think uh, I think they're going to pull it out. Um I like Baker Mayfield. I love the attitude, but you know, I I I, I don't uh, I think we're going to upset Baker. I think it's going to happen. So, yeah. 
I'm putting my money on the Giants. I don't know. You got Ben McAdoo as the OC down there. It's uh, is he gonna is he gonna enter? Oh, geez, the that's an old Giants coach there. Yeah. <clears throat> Chris, do you have a team, man? Yeah. Like, Are you an NFL guy, Chris? Or are you I, a college guy? Yeah, college all the way. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about the NFL that much. No, that's it. No, but also don't have a. I, I'm not a hater either. So, how about that? I'll, I'll pull for the Giants. What's your college team? Ah. Yeah, I'll pull the Giants. <laughs> All right. All nice. right. We'll see. We'll see if y'all. We'll see if you're right. <laughs> Come by the time this podcast airs. So. What? All right. Is that about it, man? Right, guys. Yeah. Right. I think that's yeah. all we got. Okay. All right. Cool. <clears throat> good. Well, I uh, I hope I uh, hope this uh, you know this gave you guys some good information and you know take it and use it. You know, like we talked about in the other episode, like. Winning, it is, it's up to you to take this information and use it. Um, don't just expect, you know, that it's, you know, I'm just listening to this and all of a sudden you're going to get better. Like, you've actually got to apply the information. So send Chris and I questions. Like, let, let us know how we can help you. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's what this whole show is for, remember. You know, we talk about every show. Like, we, we're not, uh, you know, we're not doing ads or anything like that. Um, although if you do want one of the new ELP sleeveless hoodies, they are, uh, they are pretty sweet. So I think you should probably get one. That's Chris, I'll make sure ad. you get one too. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not an ad. Um, not an ad. I know Chris, Chris rocks the hoodies. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, we just ask that you share the show and help get the information out there. Um, you know, I think Chris and I are both firm believers that, you know, this, this area, the mid South, and I include Birmingham in the mid South, like you're, you're close enough. And there's just so much talent in our area here. Um, you know, and I, and I think this area has been left behind for far too long. And so this information, let's get it out there. Um, support us, share the show, man. We appreciate it again. You know, your points of contact, you can email us info at elite level performance.com. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah, Chris, what's your Instagram again? It is uh, fast and agile. All right. Isn't there an underscore in there? Yes, fast. <laughs> underscore and <laughs> underscore agile underscore four nine okay all right cool you follow chris there yes yeah do what say yeah. that again fast and agile 49 it'll probably pop me up there cool cool and uh i will get those videos uh, of chris's uh um ankle stuff up on our youtube page that'll be elite level performance uh as well and uh i'll have those up here shortly after this episode comes out and um, let us know if you got any other questions or feedback or anything, man. And we're just, uh, we're going to keep this, uh, thing rolling. So love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, have a great rest of the day. See you guys. See you. See you, Chris. See you.